Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Help Myself Podcast. And I'm your host, John M. Singletary Sr. <laughs> Gotta keep that senior in there, you know what it is. You got that feeling. One, two, three, Cause I got a junior. That's my everything. He's the reason why I do what I do. He's also my co-pilot. And today, I just want to share some information. Because I can't help myself. I've got to inspire. I've got to encourage. I've got to empower. But I can help myself by being the absolute best version of myself. So you ready to take a ride? Let's get it. I can't help myself. <laughs> Man, we are getting to that point where we're about to wrap it up. You know, this uh, podcast was something that I started uh, while we were on quarantine, lockdown, shutdown, whatever you want to call it, early on in the pandemic. And uh, I had all kinds of excuses why I couldn't get it done or what I was waiting on. I had been talking about doing a podcast for probably a year prior to uh, getting started. And now that we've started, I just decided that I wasn't going to allow what I didn't have to keep me from doing what I could do. <laughs> I think I said something there. Let me repeat that. I decided that I was going to stop letting what I didn't have keep me from doing what I could do. And, you know, I've I've talked with a couple of friends and uh, some people have heard the podcast and obviously what fascinates me is the journey. I've probably said this several times because that's how fascinating it is to me. But on the journey, you've seen how the podcast, my presentation of it, my thought process, processes in approaching them, you know, uh, we see how this changed. And in my opinion, they have evolved. And, you know, I've talked to people and they've said, Hey, you know, what are you using and, and, you know, how are you mixing it and all these other questions, you know, I want to help, I want to contribute and I'll accept all help and all contributions. But I tell you this, uh, I'm not using nothing. This is my lo-fi season, as I've said before, we'll probably, uh, re-up and get some more equipment and kind of teach myself how to do some different things when we, uh, get geared up into season two. But season one is my lo-fi season, and hey, I'm using an app, a cell phone, a tripod, and an iPad, and a Bluetooth speaker. And I think a lot of you very savvy technical people can tell, um, I don't want to call them limitations, you can tell how I'm working with what I'm working with. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I believe that, that I could get caught up in the sounds of it. And then be worried about the technical aspect and mixing it and what kind of microphones I got and all this, that, and the other. And then mess around and have a low quality of content while working on trying to have high quality, you know, additions to how I get forth. And as long as my voice and my ideas and, you know, the people 
whose ideas I want to share with the world can get out there. Uh, I believe that's the most important thing. And I'm watching how uh, people are gravitating to it and sharing it. And I'm so thankful and pleased. I will tell you this. My first episode is still the uh, highest rank as far as listening and uh, I appreciate that because that was a rough ride. You know, the title of the first one was Rough Draft. And that was because I didn't think I even intended on publishing it. But I just decided that I was going to stop being afraid and press forward. And um, I'm glad I did because sometimes with fear, what you really have to do is just face it. Uh, you have to face it. I told a story um, in... Navy SEAL school, you know, it's a very difficult school. Um, probably more than 70% of the people that start the school. Like, first off, it takes a lot to get uh, approved just to be selected for the school. And then you have an attrition rate of 70% during the school. So seven out of every 10 folks that start the class don't finish it. And there's one week that they just call Hell Week, and I think Hell Week is a, it is, is a description of, of a discipline across many, many different topics or different organizations. I know that in the uh, college Greek world, we had a Hell Week. There was a Hell Week in basic training. Uh, I've heard of corporate Hell Weeks. And so in Hell Week, you know, obviously they running these uh, running these folks and lack of sleep, lack of food, uh, lack of orientation of where they are. And on one night, they're gonna they 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 brag about this shark infested water, and then there's a night where they actually put them in the shark infested water. Now here's the trick: um, when you put somebody in the water. And they were talking about a shark infested. It's really true that you might come up upon a shark. But contrary to popular belief, to the movies that we see and all of that, human beings are not actually in the food chain for a shark. So whenever they come in contact with a human being, you know, they're not trying to eat us. And I know that's hard to believe because we've been conditioned. Yo, if you grew up in the 70s and 80s like I did, Jaws got you thinking these sharks is out there looking for us, right? <laughs> but we're actually not in their food chain. And so the last thing that a shark really wants to do is eat a human. And it said that when you come face to face with a shark, one of the most important things not to do is to run. You should not run. And when I say run, obviously you're in water. But I mean, you shouldn't try to get away from it. You shouldn't turn your back to the shark. Um, one of the, uh, another important thing that they say that you need to do is to square up and face the shark dead on. And then, you know, they say, the, um, and this will take a lot of courage. But this, this, is, this is top practices for dealing with a shark face to face. They say, punch the shark in the nose. Ain't that something? I would never imagine punching a shark in the nose. But they say most cases, just striking the shark in that area will cause the shark to 
get out of the area, to move away, to to get away from you. Say, but if it's really done right, you know, that shark is really going to be trying to get away from you. But normally it'll give you enough time to get out of the water. But under optimum conditions, if you really hit that shark the correct way, it's going to get completely out of the area that you're in. But that does not mean that more sharks will not come. But it just means now you are equipped with a plan and the courage to face the sharks. So uh, thinking about that, that speech was, uh, or that antidote was actually used in a speech at a military graduation. And uh, I was sitting in a, a all call, you know, and in, in military terms, an all call is when they bring together a large group of us for announcements, you know, to hear things from our our commander, which in the military is our boss and, and things of that matter. And so we're sitting there and we watched that portion of the speech. And I was inspired by that because I realized that sometimes in life there are things that we run from and that we're scared of and that we feel will destroy us. And sometimes it's a matter of simply facing them head on and giving them a good punch in the nose. And it doesn't mean that those struggles, those stresses, uh, those tribulations and trials, it doesn't mean that all of that that's come against us will go away, but we will be better equipped, more tools in our toolbox to handle trial, to handle tribulation, to handle obstacles, you know, to handle things that get in our way, on our way to maximizing our abilities and helping ourselves to become the best that we possibly can be. And as I think about that, in a Facebook group, I was asked a very salient and concise question. Um, And the owner of the group asked the question, you know, what is holding you back from living out the life of your dreams, of your purpose, and of your passion? And, uh, you know, I gave generalized reasons, you know, about imposter syndrome, which is real. Imposter syndrome is real. It's crazy. Um, you know, I, I'm a man of, of success in so many areas. And yet, you know, I know how hard I work and I know the value that I bring and I know uh, what I've invested into people and the programs and organizations. But yet sometimes I feel like I'm not supposed to be there. And then I watch other counterparts that who don't have a resume that is a fraction of what mine is, but they just own their space like they deserve to be there, you know. And, you know, those are some things that I have to get over, you know, fear and all of that. But then the follow-up question, I avoided that thing like the plague. The follow-up question is, what is it that you want to do? And I think it's easy to get caught up. We've talked about that throughout this season. What do you want to do? What's holding you back? And, um, you know, before we got started, I got to thinking about some things. And I, I was just congratulating some high school friends. Well, one of them is a high school friend. The other is her spouse. I don't know him personally, but, um, you know, they're doing some amazing things. Uh, 
started a business and buying a new home and, you know, just congratulating them. And then I realized, you know, that I'm surrounded by people that are doing amazing things. And uh, there's a, a gentleman I follow on social media. His name is Marty Woodard. And he posted something that I had to share. And it basically said that, uh, you know, I need to stop asking average people for permission to be great. And that's the thing, you know, is that I continually find myself and I'm sure somebody out there listening to me right now finds yourself in situations and positions where you are asking average people for permission for you to operate in the greatness that is already within you. Afraid. You know, there's so many people that, listen, I get people in the comment sections uh, when I drop certain uh, thoughts and ideas on my social media and all of that, that that are telling me, man, hey, you know, when are you going to write that book? And I, I already have a book out there, Shameless Plug, <laughs> The Journey from Fear to Abundant Faith by John M. Singletary. Uh, you can find that on thebookpatch.com. Go on and look it up. Support your boy. Matter of fact, I stand behind that book. You're not just supporting me. Um, it will definitely be valuable to you on your journey from going to fear, going from fear to abundant faith. Um, but I know there's more writing in me. I know that there's more speaking in me. I know that there's more consulting and coaching and leading and, and strategic planning in me. All of these things that I'm gifted at and all these things that I'm strong in doing and things that I do so well for the military that I've done for over 21 years, going on 22 years. And I know that I could do that and impact positively more people. But it's just that fear, that shark that is sitting in my face. And I'm well aware that I'm not in that shark's food chain. I'm well aware that that shark was not planning on running into me that night. I'm well aware that all I have to do is step forward and assert my will and the shark will move and I can press towards my dream. But instead, I run from the shark and I leverage my own power and give it to the shark. And we have to stop doing that. The amazingness that is in you, nobody's going to do it for you. Everything that's standing in your way, it's not going to just lay down and say, hey, come get it. But if you are as amazing as you truly believe you are, and I believe that you are, I don't even know you. And I'm telling you that there is greatness within you. But you're not going to just be able to coax it or slide into it. You're going to have to walk into that. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to hustle. You're going to have to struggle. You are going to have to punch the shark. To get there. And so that's what I'm looking at now. I am going to have to punch the shark because I talk about uh, senior and I got to put that senior in there because I got a junior who I love, LJ, who's sitting right over here on the couch waiting on me to finish up this podcast so we can go out and hit these streets. And I'm almost done, baby. We'll, we'll get out there in a minute. But um all that I say that I want to do for him. And let's not make any mistake about it. 
Uh, we have an excellent life. We are not hurting for anything over here. Uh, we are tremendously privileged and blessed. But there's so much more that I want to do, so much more that I want him to see, so much more of a legacy. Uh, my boss, uh, one of his favorite scenes from the movie 1942, he talks about it a lot. Is He said, you know, Jackie Robinson was talking to his kid and he said, uh, you know, I don't know much about my father. You know, I don't know much good or bad. Don't know much nothing about him at all. He said, but when I leave here, they're going to know that I was here. And that's the thing, you know, they're going to know that I was here. I want my son to be proud of the impact that his father is having on the world of the way that I'm making this place better than I found it. And that's what you've got to do. And sometimes to get to that place, <laughs> a lot of times, actually, you got to punch that shark. You got to punch the shark. And so when I think about the greatness, when I think about uh, the impact, when I think about all the people that I want to help, the organizations that I want to invest in, the people whose dreams I want to see come true. And a lot of times I'm, standing there and if I was operating completely and fully in my gifts and and in in, in, in all of, of the things that make me who I am, how many doors that would open for other people, how many seats at the table that would give for other people to fulfill their greatness. And when I realize that responsibility, I get afraid. And you know what? It's important to understand courage is not the absence of fear, but courage is doing it even though you are afraid. So I want to share with you all, be courageous, be bold and courageous. You never know what's hanging in the balance. Um, there's, there's a lot in front of us, but we have uh, definitely, definitely, definitely got to step out. We got to do that which is in us. What's a gift if you don't give it away? And our lives are gifts. So punch that shark. Hey, listen, we are coming to the close of this episode. And we're coming to the close of this season. I'm excited about that. Uh, we'll be coming back next week with an episode to uh, tide you over <laughs> for the Thanksgiving holiday, which I'm looking so forward to. And then we'll come back uh, that um, I don't have a calendar in front of me, but I'm sure it's going to be like the last week of November, first week of December. We'll come back in that week. And the plan is to do a breakdown of the season, share with you some of my favorite moments, good, bad, and ugly <laughs> from our inaugural first lo-fi season. And uh, then we'll take a break for the rest of December and for a couple of weeks in January. And then we will start back up mid-January with season two. And I've got some big things planned for you on the Help Myself podcast for season two. I'm going to work on getting us some amazing guests. We'll have some, some, uh, some sessions where I bring back some folks and we'll have roundtable sessions and a lot of things. So I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm excited about you because it is definitely my desire that as I've spoken with you today and as you hear uh, what I've had to share today, 
that you will refuse to continue to live in fear because the shark might be formidable, but all you need to do is punch the shark in the nose.